I'm Summer Falgiano, and you're tuned in to Badasses in Tech. This week, we're joined by Samir Vasavada, tech co-founder and CEO. He's here to explain the importance of self-investment and why confidence is key to business leadership. We're essentially applying artificial intelligence to wealth management. So if you think a lot about what a financial advisor does right now, it's mostly focused on relationship management with their clients and you know, acquiring new assets and you know, advising their clients in their current financial state. But there's a lot of back-end, back-office work that advisors are spending you know, hundreds of hours mm-hmm. doing that is you know, time-consuming, hard, and can completely be automated. So we've essentially built an AI where we can analyze a client's investment needs, build them customized portfolios around their unique criteria, provide the tools to manage it, and then kind of intelligence where we can provide unique insights so the advisor can look smarter to clients and also have a lot of what they were doing manually automated so they can focus on what they care about, building relationships with their clients, growing their practice. Wow. Wow. How would you, how did you get started? That is a very, I feel like a very complex thing. How, what, what got you so interested in that? It is complex, for sure. I think it, we stumbled into it almost. Okay. So, you know, my co-founder and I had a background um, with AI research, and we were consulting with a few like bulge bracket banks, some large banks like you know Mass Mutual and RBC Royal on you know how AI will integrate into financial services, and. You know, we just kept on noticing this trend where you know there wasn't that much technology existing. There's a lot of hype around it, and there's a lot of potential use cases, mm-hmm. but no one was actually doing anything. And we saw this as kind of the golden opportunity to fit into a space. Um, and then we realized was, you know, yes, like there's more talent and resources in these big, like institutional, big corporations. But you know where a lot of the market is, and where a lot of the, a lot of the opportunity mm-hmm. is, where there's really nothing, even in terms of like you know more legacy technology and older technology, is like your independent financial advisor. So you know we saw this as an opportunity of like let's go for the little guy and try and help them out with technology, mm-hmm. and you know we'll go upstream into the bigger players. But you know this is an opportunity to help out small businesses and like you know businesses that haven't had access to this type of technology. Okay. Could you give a, a, an example of how, like, what type of, what type of, of small business, or without having to go into like names or anything? Yeah. Like, so for example, um, like a Bob Jones Financial, if that makes sense. So, like, a you know, if you decide to become a financial advisor today, and you know, you have a couple friends that have a lot of money that right. you want to give your advice on how they should be managing their finances mm-hmm. better, um, that's the type of you know, ideal customer we're going for. So smaller shops, so anywhere from like one advisor all the way to like 30 or 40 advisors, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, how big they are and, you know, how much in assets they're managing. Okay. Wow. So before we were talking, we were we were kind of saying how important it is to know about, um, you know, where to put your money and, and there's so much you, everything that you just talked about, I'm, I know it's very important. It's uh, not something that the everyday person knows about or not even sure. can navigate. How how would you encourage somebody who really is wanting to invest, really interested in in this market that we're in? How would you encourage them to at least get started? For sure. So I think the best, and you know, before all else, I always say invest in yourself. Okay. But bef- but you know, after that, after you've kind of built the credentials you really need to succeed, um, I would say, you know, impose a tax on yourself, right? That you're going to set aside that money and put it into a separate investment account that you can't touch, that you're going to Mm -hmm. eventually retire with. um, And, you know, 
use that as your kind of base, right? Okay. So if the government put a 20% tax on you, like there's nothing you can really do about it, right? Mm -hmm. You kind of have to pay it. So you should do the same exact thing, but with the whole intention of, you know, this money is going to be devoted for you know, retiring with in the future. So, because I think too many people realize it's too late. I mean, the majority of Americans like have less than 70,000 in retirement mm -hmm. savings, I believe, when they should have around 900,000. So, you know, imposing a tax on yourself early on in life when you're a college student or older is really important in order to kind of get a savings from you know, investments. And I think the other thing is, is you know, a lot of people try and take these really risky investments, this kind of get rich quick yeah. philosophy. And you know, the the truth is, is that doesn't really work. You can have a few big wins, and you know, but you know, over time, it's proven that if you just invest in the market, you're going to you know, outperform mm -hmm. you know any kind of big investment or big you know, risk investments. Okay. So, you know, just sticking with safe conservative investment vehicles and really optimizing for the long term, not trying to make money quickly. Mm -hmm. That's I like to hear that because that's kind of what you said before. It it isn't the the common piece of advice. A lot of people say, oh, you know, go risky or uh, put all your all of your eggs in all these different baskets. But it's nice to hear that maybe sometimes playing it safe or, or kind of keeping within the swim lanes that you're comfortable with. Exactly. Actually That's can. a good analogy. Well, good. Thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so when, <laughs> when you're dealing with, you were mentioned all of these very like highfalutin banks. Know, how how do you get courage to to walk into those settings and and speak to these very uh, intimidating in my opinion businesses and, and companies I think it's a big confidence game right yeah. if you've got confidence and conviction you know people will believe in you um, you'll believe in yourself and you know anyone's really capable of anything it's really mm -hmm. just you know, believing in that at, at its core, right? Like we're able to learn all of this stuff and we're in this society now where, you know, you can go on the internet and learn anything you want, right? And we decided, you know, this is what we want to learn. Here are the people that we want to be connected with. And, you know, we went out and did that. And we just kept on iterating and kept on trying to advance ourselves until we finally got there. And I think it's the other thing is, like you gotta be okay with making mistakes, okay. right? We just kept on making mistakes over and over again, but you know, through this whole mistake iteration process, mm -hmm. we started to succeed. And we started to uh, you know, iron out our previous failures to new successes. Mm -hmm. Can you give me an example of like one of the biggest challenges or one of the biggest mistakes that I mean, it almost, it's, it starts as simple with your email, right? Okay. So like my emails before used to just not be too professional and they were, I was just throwing out a bunch of ideas and I would, you know, like lack structure to them. But as I started to improve my emails, it's a small thing, I, I noticed that, you know, I was getting better as a whole mm. or, you know, how you communicate with people, right? There's a certain, um, there's a certain way in which you're supposed to communicate with people with, from a maturity standpoint and from a, um, from all kinds of different directions mm -hmm. that you know you'll start to improve with over as time, and I think, um, you know, there's all kinds of different things that you're going to slowly start to pick up on as you just start doing them. Of you know how other people are doing them effectively and how how, how they're not, mm -hmm. um, and you know how to learn from that as well. So mm -hmm. the more and more you do something, the better and better you'll get at it. Mm -hmm. As long as you've got this whole you know open mindedness and eye for iteration. Mm -hmm. I love I Federation. I like that. Yeah, and I think too <clears throat> that's important to touch on a lot of what people are learning in school or a lot of what we're kind of told um, to really focus on is uh, hard skills, you know, like be really good in math or, you know, be really good in science. But 
maybe there is more emphasis that needs to be put on those soft skills like oh exactly soft know. skills are incredibly important right to know how to develop relationships or to know how to conduct themselves um, which is something that people somewhat have to learn on their own but there is some kind of guide that schools could provide but they're not currently doing that right mm -hmm. so you know recognizing that you're not going to learn everything in school and just because you get a good grades means that you're going to be successful well it doesn't mean that you're going to be successful so you know you kind of got to figure it out on your own or realize mm -hmm. that that's not the case and teach it to yourself yeah yeah I, I wish that they taught all of what you're doing and what you're speaking to me about in school they you know they don't have anything like that as yeah. far as i know about so you learned everything through google is that what is that what you're saying or i mean through a wide you know, variety of different ways right so you know from the internet of course right. right but you know a lot of it i just learned by doing and talking to people right what the one thing i made sure to do with myself is surround myself by you know experts in each aspect of the field mm -hmm. right so for our team right we've got a lot of like phd engineers and researchers that we work with and you know their 20 years of experience becomes our 20 years of experience right so you know i like to say you know i'm i don't have my own 10 years of experience but i'm using someone else's 10 years of experience and that's why i know it works right <laughs> so you know surrounding yourself by people that have done it and have a lot of experience and also believe in you is incredibly important if you're trying to you know grow and learn yeah. and iterate do you feel like you have had different challenges or you've experienced different biases because you are young and you're and you're successful? Um, not really. I mean, I have experienced some for sure, right. but I think it's just kind of powering through it and realizing it doesn't really matter. Because at the end of the day, age is just a number. Um, if you believe in yourself enough, then you can kind of do whatever you'd like, right? I think that it's actually been an advantage in some ways, whereas, you know, certain people see you as like, you know, if he's doing this at this age, you know, what's he going to be doing at 30? Right. Right. But I think in financial services and these more mature industries, I think it also can be construed as a threat. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people can be threatened by it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just making your way through it. And it's also by surrounding yourself, as I said, with the right people right. that are in the right position to support yourself. Huh. I, I'm sensing like, I always think in threes, I'm sensing like a little formula of success, like sur surround yourself with people that are supportive of you, be confident. What would you say is the third one? Um, I call it relent relentless resourcefulness, right? So it means that you're like, you're not going to quit until you've got your end game, mm -hmm. but you're also going to be resourceful in how you do that, right? You're going to bring together the right resources with you, but you're going to, um, you, you're, you're not necessarily like, I mean, you're almost being like frugal, if, if mm -hmm. I could put it like that, yeah. right? Like, I think a lot of the time, you know, we, di we did all of this, and we made all this headway, you know, just pushing forward as hard as we can, and eventually things fell to place, right? And, you know, this whole idea of like grit and not giving mm -hmm. up, and you know, if you want to take the easy way out and spend your way through a situation or you know, complain like, oh, I don't have this money or I don't have this or I don't have that, so I can't do this, then you're never going to be able to get to what you want. Mm -hmm. But if you're resourceful and you can figure out, well, hey, I know I don't have this 100K, I need to hire this person, but I know I could probably convince them to you know, work on equity or mm. something like that, right? Mm -hmm. And you know, this 100K isn't the only way I can get this person mm -hmm. and the whole idea of talent. Right. Yeah. Huh. That I my brain just doesn't really think like that. So just hearing you say that it's it's just running a business operating it. It's so much more than what it sounds like. It's like 
puzzle pieces and really just understanding almost you have it you have to understand where you want things to be 10 20 years before uh you're even at that at that point like thinking further ahead than where you are. I mean, I wouldn't say 10, 20 years, but I think it's definitely thinking further ahead mm-hmm. and you know, trying to connect dots where people wouldn't be connecting dots before, right? And trying to find ways around things that conventionally um, you know, wouldn't work, mm-hmm. right? Because if everyone knew how to do something, then everyone would be doing it. But the thing about successful entrepreneurs is that they're able to figure out, like, you know, here's how I can get from point A to point B, um, that no one else is thinking about. It's almost like a, you know, as Peter Thiel calls it, it's a secret, something that you know that nobody else mm-hmm. knows that'll kind of guide you to success. Mm-hmm. Have you always felt this entrepreneurial sense in you, like ever since you were a kid? Oh yeah, for sure. Give, uh, give me an example of that, because always, I've always wondered, like, are people born this way? Like, are people born with this type of skill set? Or, or is it actually learned? Because there's not many people out there like you. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a combination of both, right? Okay. So, for example, if I think about my co-founder, right, he was more like like his you know, career trajectory when mm-hmm. I met him was he wanted to be a, a professor, right? He was an academic. He was really, really good at math. And, you know, we kind of, between the two of us, sculpted him into an entrepreneur, Right, but where I started was, like, I've always wanted to be this, right? I don't, I've always wanted to do this, and I figured, you know, I'm not living if I'm not doing this, wow. right? So I think, like, an early example of that would be, like, I, I had access to, like, a computer, like, really, really early on, okay. right? So I would, like, work on little apps and, you know, build little games. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was something small, but it was something that, like, really inspired me. So, you know, when I was doing that when I was four or five, like it was a jumping point onto the next thing, which I, I built a little e-commerce website, and then it was the next thing where I, you know, started doing apps and building apps, um, and then it was the next thing and the next thing, right? Mm-hmm. Which like kind of all these like building blocks of experience, you know, became what I am today, hmm. and what 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 will continue to be. Yeah, would you say that your entrepreneurial spirit attracted you to the world of finance, or would you say? I would say a little bit. Okay. I would say that, you know, finance is something that's always been important to entrepreneurs, right? Like you have to, you know, raise money to grow a company and to scale. You have to understand it, right? Like it's just something that's just always been there Mm -hmm. that um, has stayed relatively the same for a long period of time, right? So it's it made sense as an industry to you know be the next one to be disrupted, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Yeah. Do you see yourself? jumping in any other fields or do you see maybe uh, with the way technology is going do you see um, the financial industry transforming in in different ways yeah I mean I see the financial industry transforming in different ways and I see like you know I see myself sticking towards you know what I call human leverage technologies but technologies that really make humans better right Mm -hmm. whereas like you know, a lot of people believe, you know, AI is going to be this whole next frontier where it's going to replace the majority mm-hmm. of humans, whereas I believe, you know, AI is going to empower humans, right? And whether there's this general intelligence, some Terminator-like figure that comes along and, you know, takes over the world, um, it's to be unknown, but, you know, I think for the you know, next long period of time, mm-hmm. right, AI is going to be something that empowers relationships and makes humans better so they can focus on what really matters, which is, you know, growth and building relationships and, you know, the interpersonal aspect of, you know, why we're all humans and what, what, what technology really should be doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Wow. So at at this point in your life, I mean, you kind of mentioned, you know, you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur and, and you are this entrepreneur figure today. So what's what's driving you to your next goal or what is your next set of, of goals? Yeah, my next set of goals is just, I mean, when you're growing a company, right, you, you have more like goals to hit to scale the company, right? So I think it's just continuing that pathway mm-hmm. um, until you know, an end, right? Right. So it's, it's really just building on our product, getting more users, iterating, talking mm-hmm. to more users. It's, it's relatively the same course, yeah. but you know, it'll help the company grow as a whole. And this isn't your first company, correct? It's or? not, no. So this is my first like, you know, venture-backed startup, okay. right, where we've you know, raised a bunch of VC funding, we have a big team and an office and all kinds of things like right. that, right? But you know, I've had other businesses in the past that's crazy. And I think those experiences helped inform this experience. Elaborate on that. And, and what would you say is the difference between having a, a VC-backed company versus whatever you had prior to this? So I think the thing that you know, really differentiated, and there's a lot of differentials between like a startup and a lifestyle business, yeah. where the lifestyle business's goal is to really make a profit, and the startup business is to you know, grow and make an impact in the world and return a really big multiple okay. and solve a problem almost, okay. right? So, you know, the big differentiating factor mm-hmm. is that, you know, a lot of people were depending on me or are depending on me for the startup, right? And like, you know, customers and investors and employees, um, and it's this organization, right? As to the lifestyle business was, you know, when I was just building apps for people, um, it was, you know, just my co-founder and I, you know, building stuff out that we thought was cool and you know selling it mm-hmm. right it was just it was us right and our goal was just to you know make some money okay. but I think with a startup it's it's a lot more than just making money yeah you're you're like you said you're really trying to solve a, a critical need exactly. versus so what's your take on if that, if that is the case I've never really thought about startups in that way but it, it it makes sense there's so many startups out there right so what's what's supposed to happen to all of them? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. I think it's important for you know, more startups and more entrepreneurs to you know, come about, which is amazing right. that we're at this time where you know starting a company is cool yeah. and it's you know it's interesting to be an entrepreneur. But you know, I think that a lot of companies aren't solving problems that are critical to the world. Yeah. Where there's a lot of really big problems that you know might not sound sexy and cool, but you know are going to solve a lot of you know you know, hair on fire issues mm-hmm. for the world that, you know, need to be gone after. And I think that, you know, as we start to you know, grow, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be more and more entrepreneurs that, you know, come in to help solve those problems. Hmm. But right now, I, I'm seeing a lot of companies that are just solely existing to make money, which is not the best thing. But yeah, I think that, you know, we're improving as a whole, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. When you're dealing with thinking about growing a company and hiring and, you know, going going through all of those motions, how do you keep yourself sane? How do you not let yourself get overwhelmed through all of that? Yeah, so burnout is a really interesting yeah. phenomenon. Um, and I think it's so easy because, you know, millennials now have gotten into this whole idea of like, 
it's called the hustle mindset, where you're supposed to work and pretend like you're working all the time and you're always busy. And I don't really think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's, you know, there's two types of work. There's working hard and there's working smart. I think working smart is definitely very important, right? I think keeping a routine and a very regimented schedule is important, but also like you know, not pushing it. When you're tired, you quit working, right? Mm-hmm. Um, unless you really, really have to. But um, you know, there's important things in life that I think a lot of people forget, right? Hanging out with your friends and you know, you know, going out and having fun mm-hmm. and you know, waking up on time and getting some exercise, uh, you know, not spending too much time in front of a screen. Uh, that's important to like, you know, keeping some balance, right? Mm-hmm. I've never really had a burnout issue, Good. and it's because I've made sure to like kind of live harmoniously, almost as they call it. Mm-hmm. So like however many hours you're working, you'll like go out and, and have some fun for that many hours. Maybe not that many hours, but <laughs> you know, a, a reasonable amount, yeah. You'll try. Yeah, you'll exactly. Try. That makes sense. So um, out of everything that we've talked about today and you know, maybe some other things that we haven't touched on, what in your, uh, in your years of life is, is the mo- one thing that you're most proud of, your proudest accomplishment? You've done so many cool things. That is a good question. I think that you know, my proudest accomplishment is, you know, really just getting together a really great group of people that, you know, believe in what we're doing, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether that be customers or investors or team members, um, and just building strong relationships with them where we've got a vision and we're, you know, we're pushing towards it. It's, it's kind of a general idea, mm-hmm. but collectively, I think that's the thing that I'm most proud of. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To hear more, check out our website, badassesintech.com, and join our community. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. So follow us and tune in next week. That about sums it up. I'm Summer Falgiano, and this is Badasses in Tech.